Welcome listeners to episode 10 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interview with elite athletes from around the world, like in today's episode where I'm chatting to a distance runner from Ballarat who is representing Australia in the marathon at the World Athletic Championships in Doha, next Saturday night at 11.59pm, 7am Sunday morning Eastern Standard Time. Welcome Julian Moose Spence. Mate. Thanks for having me, mate. How's the hot desert going over there? Yeah, it's hot. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's no denying that it, it is real hot and it is really humid. Sure. The, the humidity is the um, is the real killer, actually. For sure, mate, for sure. Yeah, um, I heard you talking uh, before and, um, yeah, I spent a bit of time up in the, uh, up in the Kimberleys there and uh, I tried to go out for runs and, yeah, like you said, the humidity, it's quite a lot different to just high temperatures. Like you can run in 38 degree heat, but when it's 85, 90% humidity, it just seems to, uh, your body just wants to completely shut down. It doesn't want to do anything, let alone run. So yeah, yeah, yeah for that, sure. That's mate. right. It's, I, I can, and I've, I've sort of simulated hot weather before, but it, it you, it's very hard to get the humidity as well. So sure. um, it's been a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, I bet, I bet, mate. Look, before we get into the old uh, Doha project, if we could talk about your running history quickly, basically as far as when it began and uh, how you sort of progressed through the distances um, that led you to wearing the singlet at the World Athletic Championships. So we sort of go back yeah. to where it all began, mate. Yeah, so I started running uh, as a pre-season footballer. Like we would I had a couple of mates down in Anglesey and we really enjoyed the, the running, like the the aerobic running that we did for, for footy. So we'd, go, we'd join up together in between footy practice and, and go for some jogs. And then we ended up entering the Melbourne Marathon. Um, there was three of us. We all planned to do the half marathon. And one of them, one of our, <laughs> one of us jumped in the marathon instead. He, he surprised us by doing that. And we went and did the half and then watched him finish. And, and um, I thought, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this too. Like I can't let him just do this. And so a few weeks later, I entered a marathon myself, and and then that was it. So okay. that, I, I kind of, I did not come the traditional pathway. Yeah, right. Yep, didn't grow up little A's and all that sort of thing. So what, what age were you when you did that? Oh, I reckon I was. So that was two thousand. I was probably like uh, twenty three. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah, radio, radio, and I know yeah. you've played around with a bit of uh, trail running as well. You like to hit the trails yeah. as well. Yep. So after that, I went. I actually like thought, okay, well, I'll do a triathlon now. So I trained for a trained for a half Ironman triathlon. Okay. Yep. Uh, six six months later, and then after that, did the Great Ocean Road Marathon. Yep. And then the Melbourne Marathon later that year, and and from there, it's been running only. Okay. So that yeah, that that Melbourne Marathon. I ran 2:27, yeah, right. and yeah, there were a few runners in town, like in Geelong area, that that, that grabbed me and said, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna start running with us now." Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, and that's what I did. Right. Yeah. So, so 2:27. What year was that? That was 2009. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now back to triathlons, mate. Runners generally uh, swim like rocks. How'd you go in the water, mate? Like. Yeah. Uh, well, I was actually. I grew up surfing, so oh, okay. I've, yep. yeah, I've been in the ocean my whole life. Oh, I yeah. don't have like my technique's not great, but I, I kind of just 
a muscle through it. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and when you put a wetsuit, like those wetsuits that you use, yeah, they cheating. are they're cheating. Yeah, it, yeah, it is cheating. I, <laughs> it's kind of like wearing the the next percent the Nike Vaporflies. It's exactly. You don't have to be that good, and they just pop you forward. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, the, the natural yeah. swimmers who sort of sit really well in the water with their buoyancy, they um they don't get as much advantage out of them. But for a uh, for most of us, people where our legs would normally be sort of hanging along the bottom. They sort of, you know, pop us up, get our hips in the right position, and, yeah, we, our, our, our swim times improve big time. So, yeah, no, they're good for that. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed doing the triathlon. Yeah. But it was – it was at the time, I was a, like a labourer, a builder's labourer. Sure. So I just – I didn't have the hours. I didn't have a pool in town. I had to drive like 30 minutes to get to a pool. Yeah, yeah. Pool. Yeah. Uh, starting work at seven, seven thirty, it was just not happening. So yeah, started yeah. running, yeah. just time efficiency, and 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 found that was my best best yeah. leg anyway. So yeah, 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 for sure. And and the bike riding is dangerous too, mate. Like you know, I always get nervy yeah. when people say they're going to start riding on roads. You know, I always think, oh, maybe just buy an ergo and just watch a lot of TV. But yeah, yeah. it used to hurt my back, the bike as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. Okay. I had a bad lower back. It used to, I used to hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you were playing footy, um, you know, AFL code, um. What, you must be have a bit of size, and you're like a bit taller than the average, uh, you know, sort of a East African yeah. runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came at, when I uh, I came out of the navy, and in the navy, I was in I was doing weights every day. Okay. So yeah. I actually I got up to about eighty, probably I think I was about eighty two, eighty four kilos at one stage. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I'm now sixty seven, sixty six, wow. sixty seven. So. Yeah, okay. the, yeah, I, it's definitely – it's taken 10 years to drop that. Sure. And yeah. that's that's through a lot of mileage and, and sure. only now starting to, to drop those last couple of kilos that, that's like a start to resemble a runner. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, like on Saturday I'm going to rock up. I'll be the – I'll probably be the heaviest guy on the start line and I'll certainly be the, like the most muscular, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. You know, and there's obviously a little bit harder to, to move a heavier, bigger body, you know, over the marathon course and uh, – especially with the conditions you're going to be in. So, yeah, you can say you maybe have to work a little bit a little bit harder than the smaller blokes, for sure. The, um, the, the heat affects big people much, yeah, much more, worse. Yeah, more surface area and, yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, or maybe just a bigger mass. Yeah. That's right, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a bigger factor for us. So that's, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm better in – I really like cold weather. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, so – and even, like, when the weather's – shitty inclement conditions I, that's when i seem to be a lot better yeah 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 no for sure mate look we're gonna get into that soon look um you've been away from home for about five weeks going back looking at your driver account um mm-hmm. yeah when i was actually looking at some of your earlier sessions yeah it seems seems like it's actually it seems like you've been away for a while how's it actually seemed to you has it gone really quick or do you feel like you've been away for five weeks or yeah it has gone quick okay I, yeah yeah same I went to St. Moritz on August 26, I think, and okay. so that is f- five weeks. I think it'll be six weeks by the time we get home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it went really quick because it's, it's training and every day you wake up and you're like, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and yeah. so it ticks by. Yeah, um, yeah, you're always thinking in the future. Think it, yeah, yeah, exactly, and I know like all, the race creeps up. It's like five weeks ago, four weeks ago, three yeah. weeks. And by three weeks ago, you're like, oh, God, it's so close. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep, it's been it's been fun. I really, like, enjoyed it. It hasn't been a holiday as such. Like, yep. just I've been really um, 
careful not to, to overdo things. And in the past, been to big city marathons and spent all day walking the city, getting really tired. And, yep. and this time around, I've focused a lot more on, on just training and resting. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, I'll just let you know, I was passing through uh, Ballarat a couple of Fridays ago. So I thought I'd drop into your store, um, the running company there at the Ballarat. Yeah. And uh, purchase another pair of Next Percents. And um, the store was actually closed, mate, on a Friday at lunchtime. And there was a, a sign hanging on the door said, out for a run back in three hours. So I don't know <laughs> who's running the show back there, mate. But you might make, make a few phone calls, mate, when the boss is away, eh? Is that a joke? No, <laughs> you hope so, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Moose is hanging up and he's on the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was grand final day. Of course we were shut. Grand yeah. final parade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right, how about that? that? That wasn't a grand final, was it? I mean, as far as um, being a, a fan of AFL myself, yeah, it's not the one that we want. It doesn't really matter. if when I, I'm not a JRV or a Richmond fan, but uh, we just want to see a good game, and that certainly wasn't one. Oh, I didn't, mate, I didn't even know the scores until four days later. And you wouldn't kind of just yeah, detached yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, and no one talks. When it's such a bad game, no one talks nah. talks about it. Yeah, just move on. It just sort of disappears. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, let's talk about your first stop at uh, at St. Moritz there. Um, obviously, an incredible, beautiful spot to train. Um, you know, attitude, incredible trails, incredible scenery. Um, tell us about that. Was that part of the Australian sort of um, athletic or marathon or track and field squad or is that something that you did separately or? Yeah, that was separate. Uh, the the official AA camps were either Cairns or Gavarate in Italy at the AIS European Training Centre. Yep. But as distance runners, we, we looked for altitude to uh, as a training camp location, so neither of those camps had that. We... I went to St. Moritz. Um, yep. Yeah. The other two Australians there, Sinead Diver, Ali Pashley. Yep. yep. And there, were, there was a few walkers there before we got there. Yep. But the, the I mean, it's not just the altitude at St. Moritz which makes it good. Like they, their trail maintenance and how good the running paths are there and the options there. It's just it's endless. It's beautiful. And makes makes you want to get out and go for a run. Okay. Whereas, yeah. like later on, Gavarate, it's it's sort of we. I was there for a week, and <clears throat> there's there's only so many places you can run, and it's all concrete, and it's pretty uninspiring. Okay. And I felt like it was a lot more of a forced effort to go out for a jog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not so, really built for runners. Yeah. Not built for distance runners. It's okay. kind of that the facility there is great for cyclists. Yeah. Rowers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on a lake, isn't it? Yeah, it's on a lake, and yeah. there is a path around it, but it's all concrete, yeah, yeah. and it's 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 not great running. Yeah. It's sort of yeah, but uh, that's why not a lot of distance runners spend much time there. Okay, yeah. but yeah, Saint Moritz, beautiful spot. Yep, uh, yeah. high enough to get a benefit, but not too high where everything's such a chore. Sure, like easy runs, still okay. Yep, yep, yep. So, so yep. your perception of effort sort of improved as as the days ticked over while you're there. I was actually fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so straight I, into I, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was fine. I was fine for the easy runs. Yeah. yeah. And then for, for the for the workouts, that's where you really notice. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you kind of you go into debt, oxygen debt, a little earlier, and and once you once you're in the debt, there's no coming out of it. It's like you push over that threshold, and and then that, yeah. that's it. It's okay. kind of like workout over almost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so you just have to make a few adjustments there or did you just sort of push to that level anyway just to sort of see what you could do? Made adjustments. Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically with the shorter repeats, you, you don't need to adjust too much, a little bit more on pace, yep. but you adjust on on rest. Yep. So you give yourself a little bit more recovery between them. Okay. And on the longer repeats or the tempo runs, you adjust your pace. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you can even break it up. Like intervals could... So if you did like a 30-minute threshold, perhaps you do three by 10 minutes and, and get the same volume of work in, but a little bit more recovery throughout it. Okay. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Now with, uh, with Doha, obviously, it's all about uh, the environment and the heat. What sort of heat acclimatization did you sort of do? And uh, what sort of temperature and humidity were you sort of trying to subject yourself to there and for what length of time? And I assume that you're under some sort of, uh, you know, you, you're being helped out by you know, people who are specialists in those areas, either from over there or in Australia? Yeah, I reached out to my friend Sam Tebeck, who works at South Australia Sports Institute, and he's doing his PhD on heat training at the moment. Okay. So he yep. get, he sort of wrote out a bit of a protocol based on a training program, my proposed training program, and it's, it's kind of like a combination of passive and active heat stress. So okay. that the passive heat stress is... Um, saunering after a run so jump in the sauna spend as long in there as you can tolerate uh, increases your sweat rate you well basically that's the purpose there's a few other sort of physiological changes and adaptions you get but one of the things is sweat rate uh, hot bath is another example of passive stress and then active stress is running in really hot conditions or or making it making yourself hot so running in like multiple layers of clothing when it's quite warm out or running in a heated environment on a treadmill like in a heat room okay yeah what about yeah. um is there anything any science in sort of not over hydrating not hydrating too much before you go into those sessions as far as like should you sort of go into it normal say you go into it in a normal state or nearly like a dehydrated state I guess what I'm getting at is there any is there any more benefit in actually pushing your body under those conditions to dehydrate so it actually gets better at absorbing sort of uh, any intake mm -hmm. of fluids or? Well, I was recommended to not or to resist drinking um, during the sessions. So I would finish my run and jump in the sauna, and the advice to me was like resist drinking. Try not to to um, cop out with a drink so it does uh i guess put that that greater deal of stress on you and you get more adaption from greater stress okay. so i was yeah i was advised to to limit how much i was drinking during even when i was really hot and 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 stressed so that that's probably i, I didn't try any that i went in dehydrated mm. but but throughout the session like did more dehydration more dehydration more sweat more higher core temperature that was the idea of it. Okay, yeah. So you're basically trying to, I mean, I hear about, you know, it increases blood plasma volumes and that. Yeah. But also, are you trying to, obviously, I mean, basically make your body a lot more efficient at, at um, like, sweating and also, like, cooling the body? Is, is that what you're trying to do or has it got anything to do yeah, with it? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you, the idea is that you, um, well, as far as I, I, I know, the idea is that it increases your body's efficiency to cool itself and to lower it 
or resist the raise in core temperature, and it does that through um, producing sweat at a earlier on and at a higher rate. Okay. And yep. the lot and the, the the component of the sweat is is you you lose less electrolytes as well. Okay. After right. after adaption, so right. yeah, your your sweat is more efficient um, at cooling you, and also it it it's more efficient at keeping you. Um, in a more healthy state for longer so you don't just lose all your salts immediately okay and as far as like um you know duration and frequency i mean what's the go there how you know to, to get the right adaptation how often do you need to do it and for how long well again as far as i know and i was chatting to sam but what we worked out was like a big block of hitting it every day Yep. So like seven days straight of heat stress yep. and then you kind of go through a maintenance phase of two to three times a week okay. and then when you get closer to the race, you, you re-acclimatize and you, you, do, you, you hit the heat again yeah, without okay. – because if you do too much heat, it's a bit too stressful and you can't get good workouts in and you're always kind of recovering from that. Yep. So that's why you don't go and live in Doha and train for a month beforehand because your training turns to shit even though – you might be heat adapted, you, you probably won't be fit. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Um, look, oh, are there Australian sports doctors actually over there in, in Doha sort of, um, you know, obviously preparing you guys, but are they sort of giving you any ideas about changing your your hydration plan than what you normally, I mean, obviously it's hot, you need to take in fluids, but it's also common for athletes to sort of, um, in you know, when they're going to very hot conditions to, sometimes overhydrate and then sort of which flushes the systems of the sodium and other sort of regulating minerals so have they sort of said you know don't don't go overboard and overhydrate during the event um but will before the mm. event and um and then in the actual event is it you know these days they say drink the thirst but I imagine over there you're going to have to take in so much but then you've also got the the problem of so much stress well added stress for those temperatures where you might have sort of gi issues and all that sort of thing so i'm just interested to know you know, what sort of advice they're giving you to you or what your nutrition or hydration plan is going to be? Yeah, well, I've developed that with my own sports dietitian, Steph Gaskell. And we, well, for one, I don't think over hydration will be an issue because mechanically, like at the paces we're running, it's very hard to get enough fluid in anyway. Yep. So even if I was only drinking water on the course, no electrolytes, I don't think that I could physically get enough water down to, for that to be a problem at all. Yep. Um, it's just it, like I think ultra ultra marathoners who stay in an aid station 20 minutes and just smash water in the heat or something like that could be a drama, but, yeah, like physically won't be able to get enough in. Um, I am I'm doing this thing called hyperhydration, which is sodium loading. Okay. So I'm going to have a heap of sodium in my system before the race starts, yep. and that helps with um, blood plasma volume and, um, I'll still take electrolytes throughout the run. Like, to be honest, I've, I've, although there's doctors here, they don't know me and they're like, they're, they're, there's a potential issue with them providing advice without actually knowing anything about me and just confusing things. Um, so I've, although the option is there to talk to them, uh, I think I'm getting more specific advice from a sports dietitian who who we've who we've worked with together okay yep yep and as yep. far as not drinking too much the days leading into it has there been any discussion on that or are you just going to drink per normal or do you think you need uh, to go into it you know more hydrated than you would say melbourne marathon or whatever it might be i think just height there's like there's 
you can't be there's just being hydrated or in yeah. a hydrated state yeah. and that's where i'll be yeah uh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to flood like just load myself with water day in day out because you're right, you will start flushing out. That's right. The yeah. electrolytes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's just like a healthy medium. Sure. And yeah, cool. And the few days leading in, like I'm just going to do what I would do for a normal marathon where I hit the race hydrated, yeah. but then before hyperhydration, um, during like we got slushy mixes um, where we can put we can use like Morton like, the carb product that i use has a high amount of sodium in it anyway yep. so my like my special drinks i'll be taking morton they'll be in chilled water a lot of it will be about cooling yep so yep. I, I think the like hydration is obviously really important because it does help lower your core temperature but there's there's all these other things that that we need to work out like how to it's not so much cooling or lowering the, the core temperature it's about um it's about slowing the rise of the core temperature okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so yeah. like ice water yeah. um frozen towels stockings with ice through it you've sure. got yep yeah yeah so i've got a tonight i have a workout where i'm going to practice a lot of these things beforehand yep. and try to do a bit during and just work out what like i don't know what a stocking full of ice is going to feel like around me i don't yeah. know whether i'll be able to run with it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna practice that tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, you pretty much got to the next question. I was gonna ask. Um, you know, you being uh, a little bit of history and triathlon there, and you sort of know what goes over there in uh, in the lava fields in Kona there. And uh, yeah. yeah. So my question was gonna be: Was there is there gonna be ice available at the aid stations, or is that something that you need to sort of have, you know, whether it be special handlers or actually have it on? special needs tables or whatever it might be and yeah was that going to be something you're allowed to do or could do during the race such as you know ice um in in towels and and stockings and underneath your cap and all that sort of thing just to like you said to minimize how much that temperature does does rise yeah so the it's a 7k loop and on one side a drink station on the other side a drink station so it's sort of three and you, every three and four kilometers, we're going to hit drink stations. Yep. And that's personal stations where they can give you ice, towels, um, special drinks, slushies if you want them. And then in between those, there's water, chilled water that you can throw over you or drink and wet sponges that are at kind of a, a warmish temperature. Yeah, um, sure. Yep, yep. So that's how the setup works. And so I'll be seeing someone like 3k well who knows really but probably like 10 to 11 minutes i'll be seeing someone that is familiar who can pass me something that i've actually specifically asked for okay. and within those 10 minute blocks i'll still be being able to grab water and cold water at that okay yep for sure yeah um now you've been running out there at the hours that you'll be racing to 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 get an idea of it i believe yep 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 for sure now um i actually read something the other day and it, it actually made me think about it and i thought that's that's pretty well true was when you actually go running at night time you have this uh different perception of actually how fast you're actually running you always feel like you're actually running quicker or smoother than what you actually really are have yeah. you have, have you is that something that's been spoken about or is that something you've noticed when you've been out there running it's hard to sort of get a, a good judge of actually how you're actually traveling as far as you know perception and actually the speed you are traveling look it's it's pretty lit around here like okay. yep there there is lights everywhere because it's because it's kind of 
so hot. A lot of people go out of an evening, and where I'm running, the Corniche area is kind of a touristy touristy spot where people do go and walk of an evening, and it's pretty lit. But I've I managed to run on the marathon course, and uh, like there's these. So every like, I'd say maybe. 10 meters there's these big concrete pillars with enormous lights that shine out so it's it's basically like a, a stadium um the whole like the whole 7k loop and and it doesn't feel dark at, at all so i don't think i'll have that issue okay yeah, yeah. it's it's more that the lights give off like they feel like they give off heat and like they feel a bit hotter than than not being next to the lights yeah. so it's like yeah great we get a we get a bit of light, but it also feels hotter. Yeah, yeah. Since you've been doing all the heat heat training and, and running, is there anything you've sort of learnt or you know, or felt differently about your body when you the way it responds to, to the heat stress? Is there anything you've sort of noticed or let's just say do you think you've adapted in any way? Do you, do you notice or is it really, really hard to sort of uh you know, to pick up <laughs> on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, effort I'm effort def- and just how you actually feel in that hot environment even when you're not running do you feel your body's just sort of getting used to it you know mentally and physically i guess yeah so physically i sweat much earlier after the adaptions yeah so i'll be i'll be sweating profusely within i don't know two three minutes of jogging and and that's a good thing because it helps cool me it might and even if i go for a walk like to the mall or something the, the body doesn't know i'm not running so it'll still start sweating just to try and cool me so yeah it's not it's not most practical adaption but it's good for when you run and uh, what i find like once my heart rate goes up here it stays up even if i slow down the, the heart rate just doesn't drop yeah yep. so i need to be really careful not to and that's what we're seeing in the races so far like the women's marathon and the 50 and 20k walk yep. is that once once someone goes and pops they really pop they don't come back yeah so sure. there's, yep. there's no like lose the group recatch the group it's like it's just continually just culling from the group and and the last one there remaining is the winner yep, yeah yeah sure. so i need to i need to be careful of that and i can feel that even on my easy runs like i'm definitely getting more used to running uncomfortable like super wet Clothing just totally drenched, shoes squelchy because all, all your sweat's running straight into your shoe. Okay, uh, like okay. that's 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 becoming normal. Uh, but yeah, and then even last night I ran for an hour. By the end of the hour, I'm running at a e- really easy pace, but my heart rate once it went up, it just stayed up. And I'm like, oh, kind of to a degree, like have to kind of get out of that worrying stage. I might not run with my heart rate anymore just so I can. Um, get rid of that kind of negative connotation with working too hard at a certain pace and yeah, just yeah. start. Yeah, I'll probably not wear it again until the – well, at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Just start trying to forget about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's, it's going to be – I mean, obviously, it's a race of survival out there and obviously – I imagine you're going to be pretty, pretty, um, you know, pretty safe. Like you're not out there trying to chase the gold medal, and you're going to see a lot of carnage out there. I imagine, like in the women's, in the women's field. But what, what, what's your plan? Like you're not going to say, okay, I need to sit on this. You're not going to go out in the race and say, okay, I'm going to run this time, and I need to sit on this average. It's going to have to be go out there, and run on what you feel 
that you can manage and probably just have to adjust and make adapt adaptations along the way. I mean, is that the go or? Yeah, it's. Yeah. Is it, we just won't know. Like we since since the um, from the start of the champs to now, there's been three events. So the women's 20k walk, men's and women's 50k walk, and the women's marathon. And all of the results have sort of suggested there'll be between 6% to 15% uh, of adding on to your personal best in your marathon yep. or in your distance. So yep. there is there is a bit of a like general um, pace gauge that you can go off, but I won't be doing that. I'll just be finding, finding myself at the back, I, I, I believe, I think, those that are being conservative early have all finished with good placings later on. So yeah. that's my, my that's that's going to it's going to be basically manage it till about thirty five k and then and then have one lap where I just where I just like where the priority is run fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just reading before. There's thirty six of the eighty one entrants in the men's field who have run sub two tens. So. I doubt we're going to see too many two tens out there on on your Saturday night, Sunday morning. No. But yeah, but like how many of these, how many of these guys that have run sub two ten have watched the walks closely? I doubt it. Yeah. They may have seen the marathon and kind of gone, oh yeah, it's hot. We need to maybe we don't go at it two oh two pace, which I've run before. Maybe I go at two oh six pace, but mm. I still I still don't. Like I'm hoping that they, that happens because that means more people to to blow up either yep. withdraw or or, yep. or or limp in and that'll help me. Yeah, so, that's right. I think the egotistical will die out there big time. I think the big wise moose will come through, mate. But uh, we'll wait and see. Well, <laughs> I hope I hope not to get caught up in it because yeah, I, I don't this, I don't think yeah. you will, mate. I don't think you will. Yeah. 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 I don't think yep. you're that personality, mate. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> It's a loop course, and if you're off the back by 20 meters, like, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, with, um, you know, Tokyo Marathon next August 9th, so, you know, they're expecting pretty similar furnace conditions for that. So, obviously, this is going to be a pretty good learning experience for, for, the, for the doctors and the, and the medical staff and uh, even for you guys to probably – Past information over to our people that go there, you know, just to get some learnings out of it. I can yeah, imagine. yeah. It definitely is. There's heaps of chatter about that. Yeah. About uh, Tokyo being hotter than this, and yeah, um, yeah. This is a test run, basically, for a lot of these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you sort of been informed of any meetings, sort of like pre-race from I don't know, IAAF officials or event staff, sort of you know maybe getting you guys to proceed with caution and sort of uh you know the health risks that are on out there is it sort of just proceed at your own risk and uh you know <laughs> live and yeah. die you know like pretty much know. yeah iwf hasn't said anything to us yeah. I, I read an article saying that they've given um, instructions or advice warnings or some recommendations or something to athletes but yeah, yeah that, that never found its way to me uh, if if you're not doing that then you won't last out there yeah you'll either you, you'll just stop running your body will tell you your, yeah yeah i think a lot of these guys will just stop their mind will tell them yeah and say hey 
I'm going to run super slow. I'm going to finish well outside the top 10. What's the point? Yeah. So they just step off. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so, yeah, yeah. for sure. If, if something bad did sort of go on out there for you and you sort of got under a lot of stress um, and you weren't looking that good, um, is there any sort of staff from like, let's call it the Australian contingent, able to provide sort of aid and assistance to you or is it just restricted to the sort of event medical personnel? Yep. Uh, there's, there's event medical personnel. There's also a doctor from the Australian team that will be allocated to the aid station. So there'll be someone there who will um, have the ability to assess me if I'm really, really falling down. There'll be a physio there mainly for pre and post race, but they'll still be there as a medical person. Okay. Uh, there's going to, the marathon coach, Brent Valance, he'll be there giving drinks, the exercise physiologist. He's on the other drinks table. They, they normally bring out a dietitian as well to help. I'm not sure whether she'll be there or not. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the staff list for the night. But, yeah, there's going to be medical people there. And, yeah, I, I've, never, I've, I've never found myself in that position before, but I've never done a marathon in the heat before. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's – I'm like, oh, I, I hopefully that I can – the problem is you don't see warning signs too easily with, yeah. with this. And I saw a couple of girls go down in the, the women's marathon – and I'm like, how did they not realize this was happening? But then once you see it, you're like, they just go from running looking. Mm. Obviously, everyone looks looks under stress here. But then all of a sudden, their legs fold. Yeah. And they, they get like, you saw Callum Hawkins. They go in this like yeah. Gumby, Gumby kind of flexible positions. And they just like, there's just no control. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, well, yeah, mate. Let's get on some good stuff. Are you going to be prancing the new uh, pink vapor flies out there, mate? The next percent? Or uh, yeah, I saw a few. No, of those, I saw a few of the boys wearing them in the Berlin uh, a couple of days ago. But yeah, uh, the um, the release dates have all been like they kind of coincide with majors. So Berlin got a few a bit earlier. Oh, okay. And then, but it's always it's been the first of October for Australia. Oh, I like I got green yeah. ones on the go. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. I like the pinks, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's just a color <laughs> change, isn't it? It's not any change to the shirt. Yeah, yeah just yeah. color, just yeah. color. Um, and the green probably works better with our uniform too. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, mate, I haven't been really following your train for long. Um, my only knowledge of your person, or well, of your personality, I guess, and your training philosophy, philosophy struggling with that word, have uh, sort of been um, learned by tuning into the uh, Inside Running podcast that uh, a lot of us runners listen to weekly, that you co-host there with Brady mm. and, uh, and, and Brad. And uh, yep. I just heard a big shout-out to, uh, to Brady for becoming a dad a few days ago. So good yeah, on. yeah, that was fun. Yeah, welcome to the runners, Dad, mate. Uh, your day will come. Yeah. Mate. your day will come. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> possibly, possibly, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, what I say is what I've learned f- from from listening to you is, um, you know, I, I think I think you're probably the right the right fit for the for the job just because of um, the way you sort of uh, really go about um, uh, you know planning planning your racing and and, and not being too silly and you, you, you're you pretty you know sort of uh strategic and uh and i don't think you you're the sort of guy that's going to go out there and, and whinge and, and carry on about the heat i think you're just gonna understand what the situation is and uh, absorb it and just uh, adjust accordingly so i reckon um i reckon it could be a good day for you out there julian yeah um, thanks mate well well i mean that's the plan is 
is to do that. And, and yeah, it's the world that championships is 80, 80 great. You just said, what, how many, 38 or something yeah. sub 210 guys. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. realistically it's a 214 guy going in there, the heat. And the, this is actually good for me because yeah. it's a real leveler of the playing field. It's yeah. uh, like, yeah, the good guys, will still be the good guys, but if they haven't done the heat adaption and everything slows down and there's a lot more um, temptation to step off, then that's working in my favour. Yeah, because sure. I'll like obviously try and resist that as much as I can because yeah. you can you can finish and still like everyone who finishes beats the people that don't finish regardless of yeah. the reason that they stepped off. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm I'm all about that. Yeah. and I'm yeah. all about that last. Five to ten k, where you can pick up, you, like so. The Canadian walker Evan Dunphy in the fifty k walk, the fastest ten um, k of the race, and he went from something like seventeenth position, yeah. and he won. He won yeah. a bronze medal yeah. in the last ten k, yeah. and even yeah. So he. It was incredible, and that's the kind of like example I'm trying to follow. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, what do you, you know, if you could script what what you'd like to happen, that would be it. I mean, you said it's seven k loops, obviously six time seven k loops, and you're going to be able to see what's actually going on. And I guess yeah. you know the perfect situation would be that you could just sit there and stay really controlled and run, stay within your comfort zone, control your core temperature, you know, get your nutrition right, and just be watching people getting it all wrong. And then you just slowly be picking them up towards the end, of, like say the last lap, just uh, nail it home and yeah, salute oh, over yeah. the finish line, regardless of, of your uh, position. Because in the, the day, I mean, if you can control that race and get through it and not be falling apart at the end, then I reckon that's a huge result. Yeah. That that's that's exactly right. If you can run and execute like a pretty even race, you will perform well. Yeah, uh, it's. It, it is a little different to, to other events. And, yeah. and everyone who's done that in the walks in the women's marathon yeah. has had amazing results, well above what, like, their, their ranking was going in. And so that's, that's – I know where I'm at. I know where my ranking is, and I, and I know what I need to do to, to finish high up in the field. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's, not, it's not run the first 5K at – at PB pace, that's for sure. Yeah, or yeah. put myself in the front pack and, and 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 hang on. It's it's a different plan to that. Yeah, 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 for sure, mate, for sure. Look, mate, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Julian, mate. We've all got true respect for what you're um about to put yourself through over there, mate. Um, I guess we all just want you to finish in a in a reasonable, healthy state, mate, so you can go to the uh the secret men's club and uh and drink and celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard to yeah. get a beer over there, mate, but there must be some sort of, you know, some secret club for you guys over uh, there. Well, we, we finish our race at like probably around 2.30 a.m., so I'm not sure there will be until the next day. But, oh, mate, you've uh, got to have, have someone chilling on ice back somewhere, yeah. surely. Yeah. We'll sort something out. I'll probably be on an IV straight away, so yeah. we'll see. Oh, well, you always pull up a lot quicker when you get those anyway, so yeah. I know, yeah, I'm going to ask for one. Yeah, sure. exactly. Even if you don't need one, you always fall over just, just to get one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yep. All right, Julian, thank you so much, mate. And all no worries, the best, Aston. and we'll all be watching. Uh, like I said, 7 a.m. Sunday morning our time, so I'll be holding off my long Sunday run and uh, streaming in to watch it. Um, oh, otherwise, oh. everyone else will just have to get out there early and get their run done and, and come home and watch the last 
last half of it. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. Just do your best. That's all we can ask for, mate. Yeah, cheers. All right, Julian. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye, mate.